Hey, 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 what is going on, Cube fam? Hope you guys are doing well. As promised, I'm going to be doing a lot more podcasts this year. So, back with another one. Got to address the elephant in the room. What the heck is going on in the markets today? I'm even me personally trying to synthesize it all, how to gather a bunch of notes, bunch of stats, what exactly is happening. And just, just a crazy day. Let, let's just jump right into it. Uh, we look at the SPY. The SPY was down 4% at the low today to end up closing up 40 basis points, so four-tenths of a percent. QQQ was down about 5%, closed up about half a percent. And then the biggest spread of them all was the IWO, which is the small cap growth ETF. This was down 3.4% intraday, just to close up 3.2%. That's a 6.6% swing intraday. We're not talking about stocks here, guys. We're talking about actual indices. Okay, we're talking about ETFs filled with thousands of companies, literally, in some cases. So just an unbelievable day. As I said on Instagram, I was a buyer today. It's hard not to be. I've been buying into this you know, for quite a little while now, just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. I never really just full spear into a, a buy with, you know, a huge position. I, I like to trickle in. Um, that was kind of painful in 2020 after the pandemic because of how quick that rebound was. And I, I tell people all the time that I'm happy I didn't try to overcompensate for that this time around. I, I stuck to my guns and that's just the way I do things. I just slowly trickle in with the DCA dollar cost averaging and I was tempted to, I'm not going to lie, I was tempted to not do so because I saw how it burned me uh, right after the pandemic hit. And instead of adjusting to say, oh, well, it burned me last time, let me make the adjustment, I stuck to my original game plan as always, so I balanced it out this time around. Um, but crazy day, I bought some nice dips, paid off kind of well, but we still have a, a little ways to go. Um, we're not fully out of this. The way we really get out of this whole mess, right, is kind of like just tagging on to last episode where it comes down to Powell on Wednesday and earnings. You know, we got Microsoft tomorrow afternoon and we got Apple and some other big names. Pretty much everyone's going to start reporting these next few weeks. And that's ultimately going to dictate where we go. Like I said, always the charts are good intraday, weekly and stuff like that. But if we're going to dictate where we're going long term, it's going to come down to earnings power, revenue resiliency, things like that. Um, but just, just take a look at some of these stats, guys, just to give you a better idea of, of how utterly abs- like absurd today was. So the QQQ set the all time record for most dollar amount traded in a given day. Uh, for for the QQQ, like dating back to its its you know inception, sixty six point two billion dollars traded on the QQQ today, the most ever, and that's it's it's even more crazy because it was on a reversal. Generally, you see this kind of level of volume on just heavy selling. This was on an insane daily hammer candle that you don't see too often. So. Either we had a lot of shorts covering today or a blend or just of you know people coming in and buying heavy, things like that. Uh, just insane. You look at Arc K volume, Kathy Woods ETF, it did four and a half billion dollars in volume today. That's more than the gold ETF, that's more than Ford, that's more than Disney. So, you know, we're we're talking about ETFs here that are getting this kind of volume, it's just, 
it's really hard to synthesize. It's hard to quantify. You look at tech, okay, XLK. Uh, it was down 5.2% today, closed up 0.52%. Year-to-date, it still is down 11%. Uh, there's only one sector right now that's green, year-to-date, and that's energy, up 13.3%. Everything else is down. You got home builders are down over 13% year-to-date. So it's just been a crazy, crazy uh, start to the year. Um, as I put out in the outlook, I, we all had a good idea it's really nothing too, too crazy. I'm not going to, you know, toot my own horn here, but uh, we knew 2022 was going to come with its own ups and downs and headaches and things like that. And it just wasted no time. It just said, you know what, let's just go ahead and have at it. This is the exact opposite beginning of the year we saw in 2021, where for the first five, six weeks of 2021, it was just off to the races, complete opposite going on right now. And this is being stemmed from, from a few different reasons, guys. I mean, just to pick a few, it really could be anywhere. Um, it could be, could be a multitude of reasons, I should say. Off the bat, inflation worries, yes, of course. Can't miss that. Interest rates, what's the Fed going to do? They're kind of in a rock and a hard place if you think about it, right? You think about, well, if they raise rates too hard, then we run a recession risk. If they don't raise enough, then it looks as though we might not tame inflation. If they raise a lot, then pull back, now we lose confidence in the Fed's ability to actually predict things and have a handle on the economy. So they're in a very, very tough spot here. Powell's got his hands full again on Wednesday to see if he can put out the fire. Um, So that's going to be part of it. I don't expect anything too new uh, to be said on on Wednesday. I don't expect them to move interest rates or anything like that. it's really going to come down to like Microsoft, Apple, and these these big name companies to show, hey, don't forget the earnings power here. Don't forget. I mean, earnings per share grew 45%, at least it's projected to, uh, based on how things are trending, uh, 45% in 2021. So uh, it's not just about that, though. It's, it is about the guidance, as like I alluded to. Um, I do have some more stats for you guys, though. So I pulled this up. Now, bear with me because I have to shuffle through some charts and some screens here. I have in front of me from LPL Research, so credible, along with FactSet, um, corrections that have happened, correction meaning 10% drops that have happened within a month, okay? So this has happened in 1955, 1997, 1998, 2000, 2018, 2020, and 2022, okay? So in 1955, it took 12 days to correct 10% or more. 1997 took 14 days. 98 took 20 days. 2000 took 15 days, 2018 took 9 days, 2020 was insane, it took 6 days to correct 10% or more, and this year it took 14 days, all right? Now, what happens when we see this kind of rapid correction? What, what, gen- what generally happens next 3 months out, okay? Next 3 months out, on average, there's a 7.5% return within 3 months, Okay? It's positive 100% of the time. The average and the median are almost identical. It's 7.5% for the average, 7.6% for the median. I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers out there. I'm trying to go as slow as I can. You guys can always DM me for the charts. I'll provide it for you, no problem. Just so you also know it's not coming from the sky. How about six months after? And we're talking about the S&P 500, guys, just to uh, be clear here. We're talking about the S&P 500. Um, Six months after a period like this, you see an average of a 14.7% gain. 
six months after. The median is 16.8%. Again, 100% of the time, it's positive uh, in each one of these scenarios that, that it's happened. Uh, the highest on record was back in 97. It was almost a 25% return uh, within six months of the correction. How about 12 months? Uh, 12 month return is a little less than the six month return, but more than the three month return. So you're looking at an average of 13.7% return 12 months after this happens. Um, and this is the only time period where it wasn't out of the three, hundred percent positive, uh, in each case in 2000, it was minus 12.1%, but in 1955, 12 months later, it was 14.8%. 97 was 21 and 21 and a half percent. 1998 was a whopping 25.2%. Again, minus 12.1% uh, return 12 months later in 2000. 5% return 12 months later in 2018. And this is nuts. 27.9% return in 2020. We obviously know how crazy the ripback was in 2020. That's why I was telling you guys about, well, hold on a minute. You know, I, I didn't buy the dip as hard as I should have. I did well. I didn't panic sell. The same way I'm not panic selling here. But thank goodness I didn't go ahead and try to overcompensate like I like I wanted to initially um, to try and buy the dip immediately because I would have gotten burned really, really bad doing so uh, here in 2022. So um, the median, though, 12 months afterwards is 18.1%, which is the highest. So 83.3% uh, of the time, 12 months after this has happened, uh, the market was in positive territory. So that that's nuts. Let me pull up another thing here. Okay, <clears throat> okay, that was S&P 500. Now I have the NASDAQ. Uh, when there's 10% plus corrections, all right, I have an average of post-financial crisis 08, and I also have since 1970. Now, bear with me here. This, this is pretty crazy stuff too, all right? So, um, the average uh, correction, when it's all said and done, post-financial crisis is a 15.2% drawback, okay? And it usually lasts 53 days, all right? And it's from top to bottom. Uh, since, so the median here is minus 12%. For 19, dating back to 1970 now, so I'm gonna give you a different data set here. The average pullback when it's all said and done uh, during, you know, a 10% plus correction happens to be 19.5% drawdown. Over the course of 75 days, with the median being minus 16.6% over 60 days. Today, intraday at the bottom, we saw the NASDAQ pull back 16.9%, and it's been 66 days since the high was made. Okay? That's almost identically in line with the median since 1970. Let me just repeat this again so it's nice and slow. Again, if you just want the chart, I can easily give it to you. The median pullback and a 10% plus correction since 1970 in NASDAQ is 16.6% .6 over the course of 60 days. Today's reversal happened at a minus 16.9% pullback at the low of today over the course of 66 days. So 0.3% more of a pullback and six extra days. That was at the low of today, where obviously we bounced back. Um, what is that? five and a half percent off the low so i thought that was like really really interesting really really cool um you guys saw the post that i made several days ago it's probably a little today this was data as of january 20th so things are a little different now i would, I would argue they're probably a little worse but 
uh, just just unbelievable. When you look at the Nasdaq, right? It, it's so all, all these indices, right? A lot of them. I shouldn't say all of them, but a lot of them are weighted he- more heavy on on larger companies. You know, you see how much the Fangs make up the Nasdaq and and the Spy, right? But if you look at total Nasdaq composite, the average stock is down over forty three percent. This has been a bloodbath when you look at in totality. Okay, if you look at the Russell two thousand. Uh, that's almost a 40% pullback there on the average stock in the Russell 2000. This is as of January 20th. Okay, this does not include the last three days that have been hell, uh, and nor does it include what the, what the low of today was, which it would probably be, if I had to guess, that minus 43.6% pullback in the average stock in the NASDAQ probably eclipsed the 50% mark with ease, I would say. At the low of today, absolutely. I, I would say that's a very, very high probability. So that, that's just wild. And if you look at the NASDAQ 100, which is the QQQ, so we're talking about, you know, the, the best of breed, uh, you know, minus 22.6% average pullback on the stock there. Again, crazy. And that was probably touching 30% or so, minus 30% or so, probably intraday today. So when, when you look at all the stats today, guys, unbelievable. And then, and then if I take it a little step further here, I was looking at some movers today and, um, there was a little bit of stock picking going on, I would say, here today. Like, if you look at, like, Datadog finished the day up 8.4%. You know, when, when I told you the XLK, the tech ETF, was only up, you know, half a percent today. And then I say, well, you know, how about other tech companies? Well, you just look at Tesla was down 1.5% today. You look at um, Airbnb, which is a little more of a flex, right, with with like, is it a real estate play? Is it a tech play? But they were down 5.6% today. Netflix was down 2.6% today. There's a little more tech for you, okay? And then Atlassian, which is another software company, was up 6.1% today. And you go, well, hey, Bez, you know, maybe Netflix was down because earnings were really not good. And they really weren't. Like I told you guys last podcast, if you're not going to have a good report, it's going to be an options player's, like, heaven, and that's exactly what it was. One of the guys in the group chat cleared well over a thousand percent, I believe, on Netflix puts because, I, like I was saying, it's going to be a very pop or drop type reaction to earnings because everyone's so on edge right now. Netflix was a, a, a great example of that. Um, and again, in the outlook, I said, look, this is this is the weakest fang by far. Uh, but now I do think though it's come down to a point where it, it's below my bear case model projection. Um, if I adjust even free cash flow, maybe it's like 10% uh, terminal. It's still a little undervalued right now, uh, but I can get to that in another podcast. That's a whole other topic. I don't want to get too, too off topic here and go off on a tangent. But if you say, well, Netflix was down, Bez, because they had poor earnings. Well, then DocuSign was up about 5% today, and and they, they suffered the same fate after earnings that Netflix did. So how do you explain that, right? Um, th- there's so much going on. You know, talking about higher rates, but financials are negative, real estate's negative. Every, like I said, every sector except energy is is red year to date. Um, it's just been a very very tough market to navigate so far. And to end this episode with how I look at things, one, if you're under the age of forty, right? My honest opinion, um, th- these are these are gifts at this point. I'm seeing a lot of opportunity in the market. Like I said, I had to buy the dip today. I just had to, even if it wasn't the bottom, right? Even if we're maybe in the seventh or eighth inning of this whole entire sell-off, um, and even if things maybe do escalate a little bit 
more with Russia and Ukraine, which is another is another reason um, you know the market's been feeling a little uh, you know tipsy. I still think over the long term, a lot of these prices are gifts here. Like you look at some names that are down 70, 80, 90 percent when structurally the, their their companies are in great shape. Um, balance sheets are still very strong. If and if the Fed decide to be a little more aggressive and raise rates instead of three times to four or five, six times, they would still handle a one and a half percent environment just fine. You know, I don't think that's going to end the world. Right. Um and you want to find companies with good pricing power and things like that. So I, honestly, I do feel for like the older group that kind of got washed a little bit um, these last, you know, several weeks. Then again, if you are older than 40, 45, older than 50, you're probably allocated a lot more conservatively and you're not feeling this as bad. At least I would hope so. But if you're in like I'm 28, if you're in your, you know, 20s and 30s, I would say like th- these are gifts right now, especially as you look long term, which is all I'm about. Um, so keep your chin up, guys. I wouldn't worry all that much right now. I don't see much recession risk. Obviously, it's going to come down to a lot of variables with what Powell wants to do. Um, I made a little TikTok that was like, well, it's got to be option A, B or C what's going on right now. Either A, this is an overreaction to three rate hikes. B, the market is saying, hold on a second. Uh, we're we're pricing in way more than three rate hikes, and that's what we've been seeing. Or C, there's some kind of black swan event going on behind the the scenes that we just don't know about. But um, you know, I I have a really awesome chart that I might drop on Instagram um, that shows uh, the history of the spy and every single like crazy market black swan event that's ever happened, and the market just continues to take it in stride. And that's the point I I always try to knock home is, you know, if you're, especially in your 20s and 30s, which I know is a lot of my audience, and I kind of cater my content for my type of audience, you've got to think long-term. You've got to think, one of my uh, good friends says, you've got to think in decades. And I know it's easier said than done, but there's opportunity out there. Not every stock's going to bounce back the same way, but just keep a cool head, keep your emotions in check. And I believe all will be well down the road. So, guys, thank you for tuning in. I'll catch you all in the next podcast.